Hey, humanoids. On today's episode of The Masked Man Show, we're going to talk about Raw. We're going to talk about SmackDown. And we're going to talk about the WWE Fox deal yet again. This is week two of the WWE Fox timeline. And also be sure to check out TheRinger.com for Ben Dietrich's internet-breaking expose on Brian Colangelo's rumored Twitter burner accounts. We're going to talk a little bit about WWE burner accounts on, on the episode today, too. As always, The Masked Man Show is brought to you by The Ringer Podcast Network, where you can check out today's Ringer NBA show with special guest Ben Dietrich himself. And also, if you're a Westworld fan, or even if you're not, check out my other podcast, Westworld The Recapables, uh, hosted by yours truly. You can get that anywhere you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe. Make me happy. Now, hit the damn music. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Gross Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Trey Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is your real WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goofaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. You're listening to this. You're listening to. You are listening to. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to the Masked Man Show. 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 Welcome to the Masked Man Show. I am your host, David Shoemaker. Sitting with me as always, Big Daddy, Dave Schilling. How you doing, brother? I could not be better, man. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. We got some wrestling stuff to talk about. Um, we talked about Fox and WWE last week. We're going to talk about it more this week. We'll talk about the lead up to Money in the Bank. Um, but we're sitting here in the big, on the stage at the Ringer office recording this. No video. Um, no, the, the the ringer social team is in the back of the room, not quite staring at us because there's weirdly like a medical uh, partition between us. But um, they're hard at work, I'm sure, pimping this uh, Brian Colangelo burner account story <laughs> that we published last night. Um, it's an incredible story. You got to yeah. check it out if you haven't read it. It's one of the weirdest and most amazing things the ringer's done. But it led me to think... In a world where high-powered execs who should have too much to do and too much money to even think about hate are out on Twitter defending themselves and leaking information and sticking up for all the decisions they've made, um, what would the WWE equivalent of this be? I mean, I think as much as you would want to guess that Shane McMahon, Vince, Stephanie, Triple H are out there defending the product... I think it's Roman Reigns. I think I think the big dogs got his own. <laughs> That's more like account. a Kevin Durant parallel, but yes, exactly. I'm totally yeah. in on this. Oh, I think that that WrestleMania 34 match was fantastic. Oh wow, that spear so good. Look at that beautiful hair, Roman Reigns. I has. mean, part of what made the Colangelo thing so beautiful is that he was making a case that like not many other people were making, if anyone. You know, it's not like you could like search Twitter for like positive Colangelo comments and then realize <laughs> that everyone that's saying it was him. But I think that like if Vince were inclined to be on Twitter, it's hard to imagine that. But you could imagine like Stephanie or Shane or maybe Triple H just out there with some burner accounts. But like, I don't know what the net positive would be for them because there's some Twitter egg out there saying everything already anyway. Absolutely. Um, but it would be interesting for leaking information. Yeah, it'd be, it would. Well, I mean, 
they basically have an outlet for leaking information that they want to leak through Meltzer or through Wade Keller or whoever, Mike Johnson, any of those guys. But you just got to get a little word out. Right. They already yeah. they already have the same. The network is already in place. Yeah, but that is and also true people in the NBA. pop up all the time. I mean, there's yeah. all there's all these. You don't have to be. Who is the dude that leaked the uh, that had all the scoops last year? He's still out there doing it. Oh, I forget. Anyway, the but the, he had the Hall of Fame and he had yeah whatever. Um, yeah, I mean it would be like, but but he's a good example because he'd been writing before, but he went from like you know negligible Twitter followers to a substantial like online internet wrestling community following basically overnight. Yeah, so you could create somebody from the dust for sure if you had the right connections. You could you could be a. Uh a scooper right now if you didn't care about I'm saying if if Triple H wanted to set up his own version of Meltzer oh yeah if he wanted to do the Mel- if he wanted the NXTIs <laughs> like the inter- like the 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 uh dirt sheet the dirt sheet network it would be like the modern version of Vic Venom like that was sure. that was Vince Russo's job exactly so we've already been there basically yeah. is what we're saying but you, but if you but if he wanted to do it all he'd have to do is just pick somebody whatever some guy who'd written five articles for you know Cage side seats three years ago or something, and just say like you're my dude. Hey man, I'm available. Yeah, <laughs> if you guys want to start sending me scoops via DM, let no, me know. Let's we can talk salary terms. I don't. I'm not unavailable. I'll tell you that. I, uh, I, the, I, uh, but so we have. So if so if he did that, yeah, it would be an interesting way to get out stuff like, like if you wanted to say leak a fake story that Big Cass has backstage heat to make you think that he was going to lose a match to Daniel Bryan, and in fact he's going to win. Yeah, or if let's say you want people to really like Ronda Rousey and you leak a story saying that she's super popular backstage. Easy to do. Yeah. But I think that happens in the NBA through people like Woj and Mark Stein already. That everyone who has who who leaks stories has some sort of agenda. Yeah, and WWE's a little in a little bit of a different position because they have control of the end product in a certain way and like everything's about building expectations. So if you wanted to be like, you know, the internet's like you know, a few months ago, internet was just like really skeptical of Ronda Rousey, right? Before WrestleMania. Yeah. You could, it'd be easy for them to leak out word, oh my gosh, she looks like Kurt Angle in the gym. Like she's the, <laughs> net, like she has all this, and, and that would change the conversation. But what we did here was what that you, she wasn't good. Which, no, I know, I know. Which and, was, it's not true, but, but I'm saying if they wanted to, if they wanted to steer the conversation with some burner accounts, yeah, get the word out there that she's really great, that people's, people get excited but then the expectations become inflated, right? Why I was so gonna we say. don't love Re- so WrestleMania, which was a revelation, might have been just sort of a letdown if we thought she was going to be the second coming of Dean Malenko. Who's to say that they weren't leaking information that she wasn't good, so that they could lower those expectations and prepare us for something that we ended up really loving? That's a great. That's that's incredible. But that's sort of what I'm getting at with like they control the entire like the means of production and the, you know it's like. I don't know where their where their interests lie in terms of like at what point you want to stoke the flames, at what point you want to let them die down. Really, the only thing it's good for is feeding fake stories for misdirects, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you just be, so it would be stuff like cast, or it'd be stuff like just say Daniel Bryan leak that Daniel Bryan's has another doctor's appointment, right? And then he wins the Royal Rumble like a week later. You know, what I mean, just do something like that to like like you got to lower expectations, but you kind of have to do it right before. Yeah. Because if you if they were feeding all that Rousey hype, which they weren't, but if they were, they the mistake was that they spent two months letting us be down on Ronda Rousey when they should have really just like let the expectations be high and then dr- then torpedo them two weeks out. Yep. So we're all just like, oh no, but it's a very short period of time and no one's not watching Raw. 
no one's changing the channel because of these rumors. You know, you got to give a very brief window of the bad stuff. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I think my challenge to WWE, my challenge to Shane and Stephanie and Triple H, because I know you're all listening, is just, <laughs> just, just everybody get a burner account. Everybody get one. We'll see if we can find it. But also just like, I just want to know what you would do with it. I'm interested to see <laughs> like what they would do if they had that opportunity. It'd be a fun game. And on that note, I think we should get Brian Colangelo in WWE. And I think his, <laughs> he might need a job soon. It'd be the big dog versus the big collar at WrestleMania. It'll be huge. I love it. So Roman Reigns, managed by Brian Colangelo. Yeah, the big collar, man. Get him in there. Oh, it's so good. Um, yeah, what would Roman Reigns do? You think Roman Reigns? I don't think I actually don't think Roman Reigns cares that much, I and mean, maybe he does. He seems to take it to heart in the ring, but I but I don't know if he cares that much when he's not in the ring. If everything that I've seen from him outside of the ring says that he's a very chill guy, and I don't think he's sweating it. Yeah, keep cashing those checks, Roman. Absolutely, please. Um, I don't know that there was a lot of advancement on Raw this week, but the cash in the checks thing made me. And SmackDown too. But Raw in particular, it really feels like for the first time that I can recall, in the absence of Brock Lesnar, and this week in the unexplained absence of Roman Reigns, do we know why he wasn't there? I think they probably just didn't want to overexpose him, keep him off the off TV. The one nice thing about I mean, not the one nice thing, one nice thing about this is that we kind of got it felt like the top of the card was more sort of codified, more set in stone than it has been in a long time. Yeah, it felt like a, a complete television program. Uh part of that might have been that it was going up against a game seven of an NBA playoff series. It's going up against the premiere of the Bachelorette. Why not take your foot off the gas and just kind of do a show and don't feel the need to throw all your big guns out there and just have this nice, tight core of people? And I think it was an effective program because of that. I have some issues with Raw. Okay. Um, I'm not like crazy issues. Let's go ahead and run down the week stuff real quick. And we're going to talk about Fox and, and uh, the, the Fox deal to close out the show. There's a big Hollywood Reporter piece we got to talk about and all that stuff. I'm not sure why. I think if the gauntlet match that closed the show, had, if they had just added 10 minutes of rest holds, I think that would have been better. Yeah. Like, it was like, how long was it? 18 minutes or something like that? 20 minutes, yeah. That's just not enough. No. Especially when Seth Rollins had an hour whatever plus in a gauntlet match earlier this year. To open the show. And I think we all know now that WWE sees the beginning of the show and, and the end of the second hour is more important than well, the third hour. Yes, absolutely. That's, uh, we'll, we'll be talking about that in conversations about TV deals to come. But I even think just from a kayfabe perception standpoint, when you're starting your main event match that has five of your quote-unquote top female wrestlers in it, the quotes are around top, not around female or wrestlers, uh, the, to start that match with 10 minutes ago or 15 minutes ago or whatever is just dumb. Yeah. Why do a gauntlet match then? Why not do a battle royal? Why not do a six-pack challenge? Yeah, and if you're going to book a match that's that short, let the gimmick be someone's just like destroying people. Yeah. And then have one good, and then have the last match, the last segment be long or something. But like, and if you're going to have it that short, do it at a different point in the show where, where the ending is a surprise as opposed to just being the setup. It's just like, yeah, we're doing a, uh, we're doing a gauntlet match and we know it's not going to take more than, you know, 
one segment. Just weird. Well, they do have the benefit of saying, we gave the women the main event of no, Raw. No, I know. But like, yeah, that would have meant a lot more if the match had been 10 minutes longer, even if those, t- like I said, to start off, even if those 10 minutes had been rest holds. Yep. And they didn't need to be wrestled. I'm saying anything to stretch that out. Maybe some things a, went long. We don't know. Maybe the the B team uh, barbecue went long. You know that those well, things. According are, to that promo that was released, according to the promo, uh, whatever the 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 outline, um, they're very they're, they they take going over very seriously. They do indeed. Uh, it was that was an interesting look into, you know, how if that's real. Before uh, we uh, let's talk about that. Obviously, before we get there, I want to say I agree with you. I enjoyed Raw overall. There's a lot of upsides. The main event was you know it was it has more to do with the you know uh, ongoing issues than than uh you know like this that wasn't that 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 match itself was bad i think i'm glad that sasha won and ruby riot continues to be a minor revelation and those two things are enough to be excited about you know i mean you take the good with the bad and everything else but yeah let's talk about this barbecue <laughs> cage yes. side seats uh, earlier this week released a writer's promo checklist about this about the the barbecue segment um there's like four bullet points b team welcomes everybody to the show shows off the various food items number two <laughs> b team says that they're next in line to be the raw tag for the raw titles number three titus and slater confront b team number four titus starts a food fight which ends with bt b team putting rhino through a table uh okay that's all neither here nor there the bullet points afterwards are what makes sense um big questions what is the premise does the promo make sense great i'm glad they're thinking about these things (laughs) tell a story make it entertaining grab the audience's attention big finish okay i'm glad that we're like checking those boxes things that you should probably already know if you're a professional wrestler but sure but it's good that that's on every email Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah do not change tenses I wonder whose bugaboo that is. There's somebody in the back who's like, ah. first of all, I appreciate that. Like, I don't want them to change. As a writer, you and I, I'm sure, can both agree on this. There's nothing Absolutely. more irritating than, when, I mean, that it very rarely happens. There are many good editors out there. We all know to look for that stuff. But yeah, changing tenses is a problem. But it's just funny that, like, somebody back there is like, there's one thing I care about, <laughs> and that's tense consistency. <laughs> right. Um, Maybe not character consistency, as we'll see with Nia Jax, but certainly tense consistency. Uh, rehearse your, yeah, exactly. Rehearse your segment backstage, all that stuff. Uh, a lot of emphasis on making sure you're getting the most updated script with the Vince McMahon notes, and you have to inc- you know, incorporate all those. And if you can't, make sure that you raise an alarm. And be sure to speak loudly when you talk to Vince, too. <laughs> and don't, and don't touch him. Yeah. Um, time the promo. This is what you're getting at. Time the promo. Parentheses, talent should not ad-lib. Yep. That's a weird one. Um, everybody needs to be on the same page. Make sure you give the, the people in the headset, the gorilla and gorilla, the cues for anything that needs to happen, the big finish, all that kind of stuff. Um, with the exception of talent should not ad-lib, which I think is a logical extension of time the promo. We got to yep. stick in, you know, we got to keep this tight. I'm glad that we have this. It's a fun thing to read. Are you surprised by any of it, though? Definitely not. I mean, I think this is stuff that we already kind of know about the way that they produce television and and not ad-libbing is, to your point, something that as much as we say, oh, remember the days of the the great Stone Cold and Rock and and Mankind Attitude Era promos, 
when you've got a television show that needs to hit its marks and there are commercial breaks and there are all these things that have to go into making it, you can't fiddle around. You have you have to get these segments done when they're supposed to be done. And, and that's something that we don't take into account very often when we complain about this stuff. They're making a three-hour television show yeah, every I, week. I mean, I haven't read any of the online chatter about this. Are people generally like, there, no, is anybody upset about any of the contents yeah, of this? Yeah, there's, there's always people that are upset that that uh, wrestling promos are scripted as much as they are. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a bit, uh, yeah. But, okay, so that's what I would assume. That there'd be people who were like, you got to let them be them. You got to let them, whatever. Wait, and that's fine. That's a different, uh, I think that they have a, a lot of um, input into what is being said. You know, they're, they're sitting with the writers and the writers are consulting with them. It's very rare that they just hand them a piece of paper and say, say this. Even the, yes, any, but even like the worst take, the worst read on this thing, I am more, I'm going to sound like such a shill. I am more comforted by the first few bullet points on this than I am disheartened by the rest. Yeah, me too. I, I don't know quite how to say this, but the like, just checking off the premise and the storytelling and all that kind of stuff is is significant. That they're thinking in very just kind of lucid, straightforward terms, but they're thinking about the right stuff. Yeah. There's a version of this that would be so much worse. That's mm-hmm. just like, if it were even like the old school stuff, like get give the baby face his shine. If that was a bullet point, you know, whatever. Like there's, like they're not being constrained by weird wrestling strictures, whether or not they're ones we agree with or disagree with. This is just like straight storytelling, you know, and that's that's a positive thing. Yeah, make it entertaining is not something I'm I'm gonna get heat about from reading. You know, yeah. you're supposed to make it entertaining. Um, and you know, there's not a bullet point that's like put over slim gyms, or you know, it's not this. <laughs> Some of those things, like like you said, the 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 strict wrestling rules of like it's a championship opportunity, it's not a title shot. Yeah, you know, those sorts of things are just yeah. There's like, no piddly, implicit. there's no piddly, piddly irritating. But those stuff. are implicit. Those are just part of the the WWE universe, so to speak. So they don't they don't have to necessarily be in there. Those people know, like it's second nature for Renee Young or Tom Phillips or Titus or. Uh, Bo Dallas to say championship opportunity. They just know. Um, it's beaten into them every day. Is Billy Kidman the Kidman that's being referenced here? Yeah. When it says VKM or Kidman? Is he sitting next to Vincent Gorilla all the time? This is I'm, news to me if he I is. I mean, I'm not back there. I don't know. But he, I, I'm pretty sure he works for the company. Uh, Jamie Noble still does. He was on TV this week. We don't week. see Kidman on TV, though. Right. He doesn't come out in a suit to break up fights. Right. That seems to only be Kidman. Oh, uh, no, no, no. To, I'm, I got that wrong. He does? Well, the last entry in his Wikipedia thing says on August 23rd, 2016 on SmackDown, he appeared with Jamie Noble to prevent Dolph Ziggler from attacking AJ Styles. Oh, there you go. Isn't it nuts how fast time flies? I'm just saying. I remember when he was in the Filthy Animals in WCW. But like, fighting Hogan. August 2016, that's almost two entire years ago. And it's and Jamie Noble is breaking up a Dolph Ziggler, AJ Styles fight. Like we could, that exact same thing could happen in August. Yeah, sure. No, I mean, it couldn't because they're on different brands, but like we're not that far removed from that. Absolutely. And uh, it could happen again in a year. That was when AJ Styles was a heel, pretty sure. Oh, man. God, things, wrestling things, they just happen so quickly. Um, Well, kudos to, I mean, if you're, if if, this is the biggest, the biggest, like, uh, no one got over more in this whole thing, if that's than Billy Kidman, because he's in the line, tell Kevin Dunn, Slash Vince McMahon and Kidman. If you think your segment is going to run heavy, yeah, he's getting over. Good for him. Maybe Kidman's just a Vince McMahon sock puppet. <laughs> Maybe Kidman is a burner account made real. Um, 
yeah, no, it's nice that they're doing this stuff. Well, congratulations to WWE for running a tight ship. Um, I say with some sarcasm. Back to Raw. The rest of Raw. Do you like what they're doing with the B team? Yeah, yes and no. I mean, there are a lot of things I've seen from people that I tend to agree with um, on the internet saying that it sort of makes them all look like jobbers. Yeah. Do you mean everybody else? Everybody who's in that segment looks like a jabroni. It's true. I think that the the biggest problem with the B team shtick is that it would be so much more poignant if they were the only comedy act in the tag division on Raw. But they're mostly comedy acts. It's like 90% comedy. Yeah. Even like the revival is functionally comedy. I don't know how that happened. I mean, that's a bummer. But but there, there have been, other than I think the top guys and and women who have come through like your Oscars, your your Shinsuke's, your Finn Balor's, um, who have not gotten over on the main roster from NXT. Authors of Pain are not on the show. Uh, the Revival, say what you want about their injury problems, but they're, you know, a lower card comedy act now. Um, Sanity has not debuted in a month and a half or whenever they were announced to go to SmackDown. Uh, yeah, whatever happened to that? Didn't they say next week? Am I crazy? Or I don't they know if they said coming next, soon. I think they just said coming soon. Uh, Cian Almas is working with Sin Cara on SmackDown. Like, that's weird. Also weird that Sin Cara is taller than Almas. Yeah. Um, which I don't mind. I don't mind Almas. I think Almas is going to be fine. He's yeah. got he's got a short neck and broad shoulders and everything else, but I just I mean, and Sinkar is the right person for him to work with. I think that that would it'll it'll look good. Uh, I mean, they'll, they'll be a good match, but um, this is a lot of a lot of top people, top guys come up and they and and they get a huge push right out of the gate. Authors of pain, yeah. Speaking of the raw tag division, Bobby Roode got a huge push right out of the gate, and it seems like Almas and and some of these other people have have kind of stalled out. My favorite moment of the week. Let me think this through. Uh, my favorite, my favorite, I really like the SmackDown main event. Yeah, me too. But my favorite, like, non, my favorite, like, sidebar moment of the week, I guess if it had to be distilled down to one, like, 10 second thing, it was Bobby Roode playing the shit eating baby face, like, cheering on Braun Strowman. Yeah. I thought that was fantastic. First of all, it filled me with hope because it was like only a, only a heel would do this. And <laughs> yeah. Bobby Roode is definitely about to turn. And yeah. that is good. Yeah. For everyone. Yeah. Um, but he was just good. He's good doing that. Mm-hmm. And he looks more, he's just a heel. He's, a, he's, he's better, comfortable doing he's it. He's better being a heel. Yep. Some people are. And of all of the tweeners that we have, someone who was just online saying, get your, did I just stumble down a rabbit hole or did somebody, recent, somebody recently say, get your popular heels out of the here? cool heels. I think that was Cornette. It's always Cornette. I thought somebody else said it this week. But, but um, of all of the cool heels that we have, I mean, I don't think you can say get them out of the company, but the one cool heel archetype that is not even problematic in terms of crowd reaction and storytelling and anything else is like the Ric Flair in his prime cool heel. There's nothing babyface about him, but it's like, you know, he's like LeBron. It's like, I hate him, but I respect him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... I think that's I think that that's something that Bobby Roode could earn in relatively short order, well, and that's where he should be. Flair was cool, but Flair was also a coward. I think that was the important. Uh, thing. Roode, Roode's going to be a coward. Yeah, I mean, Roode, Roode's, Roode's going to be a heel. I, I, I mean, I think that he, I think he has that skill set. Um, 
I still, I still don't love this finisher. Never have. I don't know if I've ever complained about that. I a DDT should be. How many DDTs out of do we have right now? Well, you've got the Dirty Deeds. You've got. Um, you've got his, but there's somebody else who just debuted is doing one. Hmm. Another DDT. Someone that know. just debuted. Miz um, does a DDT as oh, a transition. Almost. Doesn't almost do a DDT? Yeah, but it's got. There's some, some gaga yeah, bells and still. whistles to it. But it's still a DDT, you're right. Like Jake the Snake's DDT in its prime. Fire me from the show. Not that impressive. Jake did it better than anybody else. The setup, the short arm, and like the DDT had the cachet at that point. But you go back and watch those things. You're not just like, like, that doesn't seem like a finisher. We've seen too many DDTs over the years. Sometimes the setup is equally as important no, 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 as no. the actual I have move. no complaints about Jake the Snake Roberts. Full stop. All right? Ember Moon does a Stone Cold Stunner, but she flips off the top rope and does something spectacular before yeah, the actual Yeah, I mean, Jake's DDT was perfect for the era. Don't get me wrong. It's fantastic. But it's just not a compelling finisher in 2018. Well, because the way that they booked it, they've made it a transition move. So funny, man. Dean Ambrose has gotten screwed more than anybody in the company in terms of like getting stuck with like getting good moves taken away from him. He lost a cannonball to Kevin Owens. So uh, on Reddit the other day, there was a clip of of Ambrose and Regal going at it in FCW, and he finished him with a Kinshasa, basically. Like like all of his moves are like he take he's like like he studies film and he's like I'm going to use that move, and then like 15 <laughs> minutes later, Triple H is like, great idea, I'm going to hire that guy, and then it's, he's just ruined. <laughs> Which is weird because and like, it, finally he's like, what can I do that you can't take away? And he's like, and he's like, double right. arm DDT, yeah, exactly. My new finisher is a drop kick. Like <laughs> Foley, you can't say no to that. Foley comes back, he's got to stop doing that too. Um, Foley, we'll come back. It is interesting though that both Seth Rollins and Finn Balor do the sling blade, and nobody seems to complain about that. It's the weirdest thing, right? Yeah. Um, and AJ and Finn both do the Pele kick, right? Yep. Yeah, but that's that's not so bad. I Trans- think that's a, it's a, yeah. a transition move. Um, I guess I guess the 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 sling blade is also just a transition, and it's like oh, you can't all do drop kicks. You know, everybody can do a drop kick. Um, yeah, it's true. I oof, anyway. Um, who were you just talking about? Oh, Bobby Roode. He fought Kevin Owens this week. Sort of. Um, KO is just the best. Yeah. Is there anybody better than him? So what I was saying before is, without Lesnar and without Roman, we got a we got a main event scene. Yeah. It all sort of even. It's all it all like the, it all sort of like differentiates itself, right? Finn and Braun are the sort of like pseudo mega powers right now, or friends, but we're enemies, whatever else. Um, Seth is Seth gender Roman. That whole thing. They're obviously up there. Um, but I like that like Seth finally feels like a main eventer in the absence of another title. You know, I mean the IC title feels worthwhile and it and sort of just uh, maybe it's just me. Maybe He's different. done a good job of elevating it in the way that the Miz did, but also putting on these like five star matches. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Kevin Owens, and that's it. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's nobody else. It's nice to not have the announcers talking about Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar the entire show. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like if there was an episode of Nitro and the NWO just disappeared. Then you would have to start talking about Sting and Ric Flair and and Conan and Eddie Guerrero and all of these guys who were not in that orbit. Well, they were all in the NWO eventually. eventually. But anyway, <laughs> well, not um, who was not Flair in the- was the only one who never joined the oh, NWO. Oh, that's right. Yeah, um, even Dusty was in the NWO. I know. One of my favorite turns of all time. Oh my god! I'm just kidding. Get out of here. <laughs> the greatest long burn storyline in wrestling history. Get out of here. Let's take a quick break. 
Hey, it's Bill Simmons. I wanted to tell you about the revamped Ringer NBA show podcast. We are Monday through Friday. On Mondays, John Gonzalez hosts Heat Check. Bounce around, talk to a bunch of different Ringer staffers about the weekend that was and what's coming up on Tuesdays. Chris Vernon and Kevin O'Connor, America's favorite couple. On Wednesdays, Sources Say with Chris Ryan and Julia Lippman, and maybe some interview podcasts as well. And then Thursdays, Group Chat, Chris Ryan, a rotating cast of Ringer staffers. We even put this on YouTube too. And then Friday, Draft Class, Kevin O'Connor, Jonathan Charks, sometimes Danny Chow, talking about the 2018 NBA Draft. Mock stuff, who's rising, who's falling, who's going to do what. You get this every day, all the way through the playoffs, the draft, and even free agency. Five days a week. The Ringer NBA Show. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Sami Zayn and Bobby Lashley, should we just formally not talk about this? Yeah, other than, yet again, Sami Zayn saves a segment that is otherwise pretty bad. Anyway, okay, I will, we will talk about this. Only to, yes, Sami Zayn was fine. Fine. I think he's. He, I think he's doing incredible work no, no, considering no. how yes. bad yes. these. Segments and listen, are. in theory, I have no problem with this, even as badly as they've dealt with Lashley. This is like what you should be doing with Bobby Lashley and Sami Zayn in a month where you don't have something better for them to do. Yep. Let them go out there, let them create, and then let them go have a pretty good match to pay per view. That's it. You know, just keep them on TV, and this helps Sami. Believe it or not, and it, it helps Lashley. They both they they have such different audiences, such different styles that like putting them together is a positive thing. That said, you know me, and when we're not talking about wrestling, you know that there's nothing I like. This sounds like I'm doing an ad read. There's nothing <laughs> I like talking about more. Um, there's nothing I do more than praise our troops. <laughs> That's true. But you're covered in in a head to toe red, white, and blue right now, brother. But that said, I watched Raw. I'll admit it. On uh on the Hulu ninety minute version this week, caught up with some other stuff. The rest of it I left out on YouTube, but in the ninety minute version where they, I don't think Goldust has ever been on Hulu. You know, like they cut they cut out the inconsequential stuff. I don't think the B team was on Hulu. I think I had to go to YouTube to watch that. Um, they had the Memorial Day video packages in full, and they were there was a lot of them. If you watch the real, it felt like a lot. I'm sure watching the real show, watching on the Hulu version, it felt like. 20 minutes of a 90-minute video of a 90-minute show was these things. Okay, that shit happens on Raw. That's fine. It's it's easy to make jokes about. It's easy to laugh about. It does feel a little like kind of a lot sometimes. I think one would have been sufficient for the, for the Hulu video. All that said, they functionally tied Bobby Lashley to those just bloviating bi- video packages by having him come out and cut a Memorial Day promo. Yep. I mean, it's so weird. It's like it's like when they it's like when you it's it would be like running fifteen make a star or, or be a star commercials or anti bullying commercials during the course of the show to the point where the crowd is just like give me something else, and then you have a baby face come out and cut a non bullying promo. Nia Jax, come yeah, out exactly. And it's literally like, do it's that. like no, no, like like don't t- don't saddle them with that. Yeah, well, I mean, <clears throat> this feels like it has Vince McMahon's fingerprints all over it, and of course, this is speculation. We could be totally wrong about this. Still, Vince McMahon. All we know about him is that he likes if, steak wraps. He loves a steak wrap with ketchup on it. And uh, he and he tweets from at Roman Roman Body Guy. <laughs> I think. That's, no, that's yours. Uh, so we know all this stuff. So it looks like 
Bobby Lashley is one of those guys that he sees as he has to be a baby face. He's a baby face. Look at him. He's huge. People love him. Because we know all the way back in the ECW days, Vince McMahon was so obsessed with getting Bobby Lashley over as the top baby face on that brand. I think we're back in that situation where everybody and their mother is saying he did his best work in his entire career as a heel and impact. And now you're bringing him in as a generic baby face and having him cut Memorial Day promos about how he was in the military and all this stuff. It's It feels so obviously Vince McMahon's stubbornness coming out in the way that it comes out with Roman being a, a baby face despite everything or John Cena being a baby face through years and years and years of booze. Uh, that's frustrating because we know that there is a, a better version of Bobby Lashley out there that we just are not going to be allowed to see because Vince McMahon believes in his heart and soul that that's, this is who he is and he has to be that guy. So you think heel? I think he needs to be a heel. He's too big for the roster. This yeah. is the same thing that Drew McIntyre suffered through in NXT. In NXT, well, I mean, he was he's, he's three feet taller than everybody in NXT. I think Lashley, you're right. I mean, I think Lashley, you look at Lashley and you should be booking him at a minimum like like Lesnar and maybe even like, you know, Mark Henry. Or Strowman. Yeah. Strowman is the perfect example of getting that type of guy over. But Strowman has a benefit of oodles of charisma. Like, that guy is easy to like. I don't see that with Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley has not shown us that he has that sort of twinkle in his eye or that magnetism that someone like Braun Strowman has, where he should otherwise be a heel. Hulk Hogan, same thing. But Hogan was a heel when he first came yeah. into wrestling because he yeah. was so big. I wonder if the answer, I mean, is, is, is it fair to say that like everybody, does everybody have a right gear, a right mode, a right face heel place, and they just have to find it? Or is it possible that some people aren't cut out to be professional wrestlers in 2018. I'm not talking about Lashley. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about in general. No, I think there. I think everyone naturally has either a, a, a magnetism that is positive or a magnetism that is negative. And I think that's true of anyone who has to be in front of a camera. Is either you really want to see them there or you don't and you hate them. <laughs> For you to be successful. Can I change the subject? Yeah, I'm actually course. just trying to Google Raw and SmackDown rosters so that I can finish making this point about the tag team division when... This has taken me this whole time of like half-assed Googling to figure this out. Congratulations. If you get out of, if you're not looking at WWE.com and just like checking off, I mean, you can, you can separate by the, you know, by roster. Um, and that's fine. But I was just looking for a list, like a text list. I can't find it. The internet's a terrible place. There's a Forbes article from last year after the last shakeup. Not helpful. Useless for you. Thanks, Forbes. Uh, but if you Google Raw SmackDown rosters, the first thing you get is, I mean, where you know that they do that people also ask thing. Mm -hmm. Here's the, here are the questions, Dave. I want you to answer these for the internet because the people are asking. Yeah. This is what, this is the kind of content art the Mass Man Show should be about. Okay. Number one, who was the first wrestler in WWE? Ever? I don't know how to answer this. Are we talking about after they changed their brand to WWE? I think it's or? a trick question. Yeah, yeah, of course. Who... Who was the first wrestler in WWE? That's ridiculous. Um, yes, but people are asking it, so we got to figure this out. The first wrestler. Um, yeah, I, uh, Bruno San Martino. I don't know. No, it wasn't. I mean, it would have been. It would have been the nature. It would, it, Buddy Rogers, I would assume, as the first one, because they just like when they when they split off. 
Oh, from the NWA, you mean? Yeah, sure. Um, well, that was later that year. I can't believe we've gone down this rabbit hole now anyway, we're talking about this. Now I want to know when, when they switched to WWE. 2002. Pretty sure. Like end of 2001. 2001. But, I, but I'm trying to like... Was who, it 2001? I think so. We'll no, because WrestleMania... Oh, no, you're right, 2002. Yeah, you're right. You're WrestleMania right, you're right. 17 was in 2001 and the invasion was in 2001. So the, I, I would love to know who the first wrestler who appeared on TV under the, the banner of WWE. It was The Rock. He came out and cut the Get the F Out promo. Then The Rock is the, is the first wrestler in WWE. <laughs> Thank you for that. I am 90% Question sure number two. he was the first guy. Who on is show. the real owner of WWE? Uh, the, the shareholders of WWE? No, Vince McMahon is the real... He, he owns way more... Or they, the McMahon family owns more than 50%. Right. But... That was also a trick question. The fans are the, ra- <laughs> the uh, WWE universe. Um, yes, we decide. The next question: What are the WWE wrestlers' names? <laughs> Real names or kayfabe? Um, Why are we talking about this? There was so much that happened. Uh, no, no, there's one more question. Okay, Who, what is the full form of RKO? <laughs> the full form, like a Pokemon? I don't even know, like who? Children in other countries. This is good news for WWE. The future of the WWE is sound because someone, if someone out there is Googling what is the full form of RKO. Congratulations, Fox. You've got a, a young demographic a, out there. Yes, it's totally true. They will buy plenty of uh, Popeye's chicken. Um, all of this was to say that I don't, are there any, that to, to go way back to, the, to, to forever ago, are there any serious tag teams, like serious meaning non-comedy tag teams on the Raw roster? The authors of pain are not there, so I'm disqualifying them. And the answer is no. The bar is gone. I guess Ziggler, Ziggler and McIntyre are serious. Yes, absolutely. Um, the, your champions, you could, I mean, whatever. They're not like a comedy are, act, but they're but they're silly. Are they? Are, are Ziggler and McIntyre going to be in that battle royal next week? For what? What is the battle royal? It's for the number one contendership at Money in the Bank. Oh, that was the whole point of the B team. Ba- uh, Barbecue segment. Right, of course. Um, I don't... I think that's it. I think they have to be the, I think they have to be the challengers. Yeah, otherwise it's going to be F- Brizongo versus uh, I don't, the leader of I Worlds. guess. I guess they really might not do this tag, uh, tag team ladder match. Which they're not. We only have three, two weeks left. Listen, anything could happen in WWE. It's so true. And also, it'd just be really silly if I, do they get two briefcases or one? Brief, that, that'd be if regardless, that's too many briefcases. I guarantee you, they looked at the logistics of having that many people in a ring full of ladders, full of ladders, and was like, let's not do that. Yeah, that's true. And also, they don't seem to care about tag teams anymore. Well, they do seem to care because we have McIntyre and Ziggler trying to get over. We have, I think that they're going to do McIntyre and Ziggler versus uh, Wyatt and, and Hardy. And then I think they maybe win. they'll maybe they'll use maybe they'll after that they'll reintroduce the authors of pain. AOP could end up being in that battle royal and win. There's no reason to assume that because they have not been on television that they will not be in that battle royal. No, except that like you would like to think that at week three when they decided not to put them on TV, they were like, all right, what are we actually going to do? And they made a plan at that point, and that and them winning a battle royal is a shit plan. Sure. <laughs> Um, that's not to say it won't happen folks uh, no you're absolutely right um, Jason, Jason Jason Jordan Jason Jordan is uh, clear to wrestle he is yeah he's gonna be back any minute now probably to either turn on Chad Gable or reform American Alpha I think everyone who I don't care about should automatically be put into a tag team and put them in the battle royal I, I agree 
Um, if we have more tag teams, you have a better undercard. I think that you know how they're like the managers in years past would be used to get over like talent. Uh, this is that's not the most basic thing I could have said, but like <laughs> I grew up watching, you know, guys like Jimmy Hart who would just manage like a dude who was literally a jobber a month before, and they put him under a mask, and they were like, and now he's the fire breather, you know, and you'd buy it. Brooklyn Brawler was managed was in the Heenan family for a oh, while. Sure, yeah, Red Rooster. Um, yeah, they should do that. They should let they should let Eric Young forget sanity. They should have him start a faction called Apathy, where he just like puts <laughs> together tag teams. I thought that was Mandy Rose, and uh... <laughs> yeah, I would love to see just like some manager whose gimmick was basically like the B team, like like a better version of the B team, where he's just like my new tag team, Baron Corbin and No Way Jose, you know, and they come out in like all black and we buy them for a month. Sure. I, I'm sorry to Mandy Rose for that shot. That wasn't necessary. I just thought the absolution gimmick was bad. But I like Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. They're yeah. great. No, they're, they're, they're good. They're good. All right. Back to Raw. Jinder and Seth is a, are we, that was a pretty cool, Jinder looks like a, like a crazy person. Seth Rollins is on fire right now. Yeah. And I know that's part of his gimmick because he's burning it down. I actually think stuff, Seth Rollins is better at getting good matches out of bad wrestlers than he is at having great matches with good wrestlers. Does that make eh, sense? Yeah. I mean, I really love that triple threat at WrestleMania, too. That was a good match. But you're right. Where, the key, wait, the tri- oh, this, the, the Intercontinental yeah. title triple threat. Uh, he is very good at, at getting that sort of but good I, match. Even out the of, Miz, who is a top flight wrestler by any estimation, but sort of not, but not in like the modern indie work rate right. like, style. Yeah. I think Seth is better at being the best work rate guy in a in a match with one or more like old fashioned work rate guys. Right. Yeah, I don't know if that's true of someone like Kevin Owens, who is a great wrestler, a great worker, but historically has not had lights out matches with other great wrestlers. Like we can go back to that kind of middling AJ Styles. Yeah, they had angle. good matches though. They had good matches, but they didn't have the one like blow away. Like it's tough to have the blow away when WWE's just like, all right, this is the big blow off match, except you might be wrestling for eight more months. <laughs> so like how do you how do you know where to keep it? All right. Yeah. Gonna keep going. Um SmackDown was um there's a couple of things to talk about. The New Day versus the Miz in the bar Oof. was great. Wow. I don't know why we're teasing this New Day thing, but I don't mind now. Now, that's going to be a game-time decision, and it's going to be fun. Yeah, I like those surprises in the way that we got the the weird tag team surprise with Strowman at WrestleMania. I don't mind it, as long as the payoff is either something as batshit crazy as a when, child wrestling. Uh, with a new member of the New Day? Yeah, or or like, you know, something like that. Or it's just a normal normal sort of surprise where it's like yeah it's gonna be biggie no big deal but you don't know it's like it makes it more fun and there's more what if speculation it's a new me- what if it's dean ambrose new member of the new day <sighs> he would stick out like a sore white thumb Owen Hart did it um the uh <laughs> he did so that was fun the miz and the bar are a wonderful on again off again um pairing that's not the right word faction but the, i, I yeah. love them yeah they have worked together quite a bit yeah, I, they're they're really they're really good. And that backstage segment with Miz chopping the pancakes was one of the greatest things that's that ever happened. Really funny in the history of professional wrestling. That might be better. I might have liked that more than Bobby Roode's face, facial facial expressions. But I was mean, it, I, was, I give the title to Bobby Roode right now. Was it Kofi or was it Xavier who jumped off of Sheamus and did the the corkscrew moonsault? Oh, I don't even remember. I know what you're talking about though. A lot of good. I think it might have been Xavier Woods. That was awesome. 
Um, I know that we're talking. I know that we've already passed this, but um, but um, Ruby riots like monkey flip court like uh, pilot. I know I was talking shit about DDTs earlier. Whatever she did with that, like the like the monkey flip onto the top rope into a pot into a, a DDT, that was fantastic. She's getting there. She's getting there. She's going to be a valuable hand, if um, not already. Yeah, she's really good. And then, okay, so th- that that was all good. We got to keep trucking. Um, the dance-off. Yeah, the dance-off. I don't know that I hate this. I think I'm conditioned to hate everything we're, do- we're doing with Lana right now and just this kind of segment. But I think that this, I think that if I take a breath, I might actually like what they're doing with, with Lana and Rusev and Aiden English. <laughs> Not me, because it does feel like they are going out of their way to kill all the babyface heat for Rusev and Aiden English and to and to kind of make us hate them, even though they're so obviously likable. And that goes back to your point about some people fit in a certain um, milieu or a certain orientation on the babyface heel spectrum, and that's their best use. And I think Rusev and and Aiden English would be better off being baby faces. They, the Rusev Day thing was so popular for so okay, long. I know that when we talk about Roman Reigns, we're like, he's already the biggest heel he could possibly be, so why turn him? And there's a little bit of like arch, you know, irony to that designation. I'm not sure that Rusev and Aiden English literally could be more baby faces than they are right now. They're not being booked particularly as heels. Other than, you know, them beating up um, Naomi, who's a, a, a big baby face. Well, yeah, but like if they were, but if they were real baby faces, they would be terrible. Like they are booked exact, they're being booked exactly right. Now you're right that Lana might be messing everything up, but I don't know that like prior to Lana coming back, I think they were, it doesn't matter if they're who they're feuding with. They're, they're, they don't need to be more baby face than they are. But Lana does make them more hateable. Yeah, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Miss Elizabeth didn't make Macho Man a baby face, but she, even though she was working face and he was working heel. Yeah, but Elizabeth said three things in her entire career. I'm just saying WWF. your valet can be a different could, could be a different alignment than you are. Yeah, I just don't think that that's the case here because okay. she's such a such an. I'm uh, trying. I'm trying to com- to talk myself into it. I, I'm. I basically agree with you. I'm also not like. You know, we're always about let people be themselves, give people a chance to shine. I mean, Lana is a real life dancer. They gave her now, they've given her this chance to go out there and boogie. (laughs) Boogie. So I I don't, I feel like, I feel like intellectually, I can't hate on this, but the segment was a little bit like, it was fine. Why, 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 if you're a wrestler, why do you agree to a dance off? Well, both of them are dancers. Then they and, and Tom Phillips. Is this the equivalent of like the super pose down? Yeah, a little bit. But it should be. Yeah, I guess that's or like okay. when uh, when Scott Steiner and Triple H did their arm wrestling contest. It fits with who you know these people. The heel are. calls out the baby face, saying, "I know I can beat you with this one thing." Phillips even mentioned that Lana was in Pitch Perfect, which uh, shouts to Skylar Aston, "Pitch Mister Perfect." You know, he's one one step away, one degree of Kevin Bacon from being mentioned by Tom Phillips on SmackDown. So close, so close. Um, all right, so that that happened. And again, I guess this is a fine way to tread water with Rusev Day and the Usos for a couple of months. I would love to see them work a match. I think that'd be great. I think, next week I think it's... Uh, I think we'll have a triple threat. Wait, wait, what'd you say? Next week is Lana and Aiden English. 
versus whichever Uso is married to Naomi. I don't remember. It's either Jimmy or Jay. Uh, it would be so tag. great if they did an angle where like the other Uso tries to like has a, <laughs> an affair with. But they're not identical. Huh? Well, they're not identical no, 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 twins. No. They're not trying to trick Naomi. Naomi is just like, oh, I fell in love with your brother. It's like a soap opera angle. Oh, okay. But the problem is no one in the audience can tell the difference. Right. So it would just be like deeply confusing. There's, and they never say each other's names. They're like, wait, who do you want to be with? Me or him? And <laughs> Naomi's like, I uh, pick you. you. And it's, yeah, it's going to be a great That's thing. That's so weird. Um, Big Cass is medically cleared to wrestle. Thank God. And he did. He did wrestle. Samoa Joe and Daniel Bryan, the three of them had a triple threat money in the bank qualifying match. I will say that, you know, I always harp on this, like you have to look right with the briefcase thing. And despite the fact that I knew that he was wrestling Daniel Bryan and that Samoa Joe was like definitely going to win that main event match. When Big Cass in the opening promo was in his suit holding the briefcase, I was like, oh, oh, okay. I can see this. Yeah. Um, he cut a pretty funny promo too. Like he's adding some some interesting um, inflections and weird phrasing. So I, yeah, I agree. I had this weird reading of the night and I and I don't know that, I'm sure it's not right. But like he felt like he was going over the top on that, yeah. And then I liked he was it. so crazy at the end of the show when he hit, hit Brian with that big boot that I wondered if that was like supposed to signal an emotional break of some sort. Like he's not going to be funny anymore. Now he's serious, or maybe this is a night to night thing when he gets when he when he really gets beaten down. Then he's you know so he's a little bit of a jokester to start, and then he finds like his you know second gear. I just like that he's so smug. Like, I always go back to the dimples that he has. Mm -hmm. I hate dimples. I have them. But you look at dimples and you're like, dimples. that's a that's a cute guy. That's a cute girl because they got dimples. You want to pinch those cheeks. But that just makes me feel like he's even more smug and entitled because he's got those adorable dimples. It works great for him. So he's yeah. never going to be, to me, as big as he is, never going to be truly intimidating. I just don't get that, like, intensity that I should get from someone who's seven feet tall, like the Big Show, yeah. scary well, guy. It was like when Big Show was tr was funny, like when Big Show was like smoking, you know, <laughs> when Big Show was like trying to like trying out different stuff in WCW. Yeah, it never quite clicks, and it's tough. I think that did he smoke on camera in kayfabe as he, a giant? He wa he he walked to the ring at one point smoking a cigarette because he definitely smoked cigarettes for a long yes. time. But I didn't know that he did it on camera. I think that was a Rusev era thing. Well, was did they overlap? They must have. No, no, not at all. Oh, really? Uh, show left in 99 because he was at, he okay. debuted at St. Valentine's Day Massacre right before WrestleMania 15. And then he worked with Foley. And that was like the swan song WrestleMania for Vince Russo. Yeah, I mean, I'm I right. I, I have I have your photo right here of if you just Google WCW giant Holy smoking, shit. he's walking to the ring with a butt hanging out of his <laughs> that mouth. That must have been a rib. Yeah. Maybe so. Anyway. Um, oh, yeah, there's a lot of gifts now. I'm just totally captivated. Please, please look at these things. You've been super distracted this whole episode. I know. There's a lot of stuff going on. And and uh, and Jim keeps sending me stuff. All right. Let's stop <laughs> Jim, talking about stop wrestling. stop it. Um, Samoa Joe is amazing. Mm -hmm. I hope that, I hope that, here's a great segue for you. You ready for this? Yeah. I hope that when SmackDown starts airing on Fox, the characters we love on SmackDown, like Samoa Joe, don't get buried by, you know, 30-minute rock promos or whatever they do to, like, really 
goose the ratings. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I think that you'll probably get a couple weeks of, hey, The Rock is back. Yeah, John Cena's back for a few weeks, that kind of thing. Or Roman Reigns being on the show quite a bit. But it's a different era in WWE. I think they're really, really focused on creating new stars as much as people complain about the part-timers coming in and getting all of the, all of the shine. How many part-timers really worked at WrestleMania this year? Triple H. Stephanie. Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar. Undertaker. Those are three matches. John Cena. Those are three matches. Yeah, no, I think you silo them off and that's fine. But yeah, it's a, there, there, was, there was still a Three number. matches out of like 14 matches. Mm-hmm. So there's, they're very committed. Shane McMahon. Again, Shane McMahon, not, know, really not even a part-timer. A, not even yeah. a part-timer anymore. I feel like he's a regular part of Daniel that program. Daniel Bryan basically never wrestles anymore. <laughs> he's on the show every week. <laughs> but prior to that, he's sure. been like taking it, he's been like slacking off for years. Sure, but I think for the most part, you know, they're they're doing a good job of making sure that the people who are getting the most shine every week, say for a couple, you know, obvious outliers, are the ones that are there every week. Even Ronda Rousey is basically there every week. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, we didn't even talk about her. We'll talk about that in the future. It's fine. Not a great segment. I'll but say one that. thing that Ronda Rousey, uh, one way that she's pertinent this week, segue number two, um, there was a big Hollywood Reporter piece about how Fox landed WWE. The meeting between the Fox execs, Rupert Murdoch is there in a singlet, apparently reported. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> Rupert Murdoch was there. WWE folks, um, Vince and, and, and various other front office people walk into a meeting and there is a giant, was a projection of Rousey uh, slamming Triple H with like the Fox Chirons and logos all over it, which is like awesome. It's not quite like Vince McMahon walks into the floor of the basketball arena and they play his high, like the highlight tape of him winning a championship with the Fox team, but right. it's like this close as they're going to get in a yeah. buttoned-up board meeting. And yeah, so this is a great piece. Everybody should read this Hollywood Reporter piece. They do a lot of really cool stuff, um, and this is exactly their lane, and I'm glad that they got a lot of this. I'm glad that, that um, you know, Nick Khan got his chance to shine in the public eye. Uh, but the, I don't know. Is there anything in here that we really need to touch on? The best, the quote that keeps getting pulled is Rupert Murdoch telling Vince and company that NBC Universal is embarrassed by your product. That's a quote. Um, and that Fox would fully embrace WWE with SmackDown promos airing across sports programming every night of the week, and along with a weekly studio show on FS1. Couple things there. Um, I don't think that NBC Universal is embarrassed by wrestling because. There's no reason to be embarrassed by professional wrestling in an era where a WWE Hall of Famer is the president of the United States. Like it's so mainstream. No, 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 no. But I think that there is a legit. I think there is. I think that the the legitimate way to look at it. It's obviously just you know Fox is like angling to. They were angling to get the sure. property. But I think that there is some legitimacy to it, which is that regardless of whether or not they're actively embarrassed compared to how embarrassed they are of like Chris Lee knows best or anything right. else in their giant portfolio, they've been airing wrestling for so long. That's what I was going to say. They take it for granted. They take, they take it for granted. And also their tendencies, like, do you think that like NBC, the president of NBC has spent one minute in the past five years asking themselves whether or not it's okay to air a wrestling promo on a sporting event? No, no. This was a decision that was made 15 years ago and they're probably never going to change it. Right. That's why, that's when moving around has its benefits. Mm-hmm. Fox you know, is that's the why new you get girl. other job offers to, to get a raise at your current job. That's yeah. how, you know, it's, you gotta, you have to, you know, you have to start fresh sometimes to get other opportunities. Yeah, you want someone to be flirting with you in order to feel wanted. It's like, you know, if if some somebody hits on your significant other, 
then you're like, oh, that's 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 my you know date to the prom. Don't you dare touch this person. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, and I think. This is going to be huge, like I said, for WWE because Fox is going to see them as as this beautiful crown jewel instead of, well, it's just something that's been on on our programming forever. Uh, they're going to really put out the red carpet for WWE in 2019 and make it a big, big deal because they've spent a lot of money on it. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be cool. And I think that I hope wrestling fans embrace the kind of exposure to the spotlight um, and don't just complain that we're pandering to fake fans. Oh, there's no such thing as a fake wrestling fan. It's okay? true. Kayfabe wrestling fans. You either Sorry. like, <laughs> well, I'm just saying you either like it or you don't like it. And the 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 sense of um, you know entitlement that wrestling fans tend to have about this is like this is mine, and, and I'm a real wrestling fan, and 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 I've seen all of Starcade '83, and you don't know anything about the history of the sport. It's like, come on. It's like soccer fans and wrestling fans are both obsessed with authenticity. And at this point, you just have to say a fan is a fan is a fan because the, the period of time when everybody loved wrestling was the, is the period of time when so many people are nostalgic for. Mm-hmm. Like that was when you know, average Joe on the street knew who Stone Cold Steve Austin was and was watching Raw. I'm like, were you mad about that? Did you want that person to go, go to hell? No. You, you were glad that people watched, that they cared, that the show was something that was legitimate. And wrestling is going to be even more legitimate than it was in the Attitude Era in a year. Yeah. So people better get ready for that, whether they like it or not. Another thing I want to talk about with this is the studio show idea. Because people have been talking about this on Twitter already, saying Renee Young should be hosting a studio show on FS1 dedicated to wrestling. And I think that's a great idea. They have all this broadcast talent. Peter Rosenberg, for instance. I know Mm -hmm. maybe you guys have some beef I heard about when I wasn't here. I'm not even dignifying his name with a response right now. Wow. I cannot believe it. Uh, I blame Bill for this because Bill's the one who stoked the flames of this beef. Bill might have stoked the flames, but Bill didn't say anything that wasn't true. I was wiping your ass five years ago. So you've got all these guys, Tom Phillips, um, Corey Graves, who could be really, really valuable in that in that. Scenario and that's well, I mean, Bill, I mean, speaking of Bill Simmons, he had a, he had Rob Stone on his podcast the, earlier this week, and Rob's a legitimate announcer who's loved wrestling his whole life and legitimate. He's a professional soccer announcer who's loved wrestling his whole life, and and you know, there's a lot of there's probably there's a there, there's a lot of uh, public and secret wrestling fans in the studio in you know in the booth, yeah, already working for Fox. I think that they'll have plenty of people that they can have do this stuff. One I mean, thing that we have not talked about with this, and this is something that we should address or at least bat around, is how close WWE was with ESPN and ESPN getting a lot of scoops from the Ronda Rousey signing scoop to various other things. Is that all going to go away from ESPN.com and move somewhere else? I mean, I don't... The ESPN's investment never seemed that significant. Right. And, you know, they, they tried. There was one moment where they were really pushing it that didn't last too long. A lot of that's our buddy Brian Campbell was there doing that Coach was there doing yeah, TV segments. Th- that was there were the two big t- and then Rosenberg, that son of a bitch. You know, Campbell was doing all that stuff on the side, basically. Right. And now he's doing that as his job, uh, more as more of his actual job. Um at CBS, yeah. not at ESPN. Yeah. So I think that they'll I think they'll continue to like run raw recaps and it's, and break and, and report news in so much as it's, you know, news. I think that one of the thing, one of the takeaways from the Hollywood Reporter piece is you can see in real time how UFC and 
WWE were sort of both played against each other and played off of each other to get these deals. Um, the the second half of the UFC ESPN deal, you remember they announced those two rights packages separately. The second half took everybody at Fox by shock, but it was, you know, you can read between the lines in the Hollywood Reporter piece that it was a direct reaction to WWE and Fox getting this handshake deal in place. The UFC or somebody was like, all right, if that's there, then we're then we're leaving, you yeah. know? And there's a source quoted in that piece saying that uh, Fox found it hard to sell ads around UFC. Well, they're going to have an interesting time doing that with WWE too. I think that it's a... I, I mean, both of them are very specific audiences. And for so with WWE, you kind of have to push the boundaries. You have to make it about... And Stephanie's... I think I said this in the pod last week, but Stephanie McMahon said... I think earlier this year it was, you know, touting how their their ad partners, you know, have gone up in quality and whatever else. And they've made a big push for this over the past 18 months. Um, you still it still is weirdly in conflict with the fact that they've never really marketed the network to lapsed fans, you know, yeah. to legacy fans. I think that that's it. It's people like Rob Stone, people like whatever who were like who came of age in the attitude era, who loved that stuff more than anything and grew up watching Hogan and like those are the fans who can like spend nine ninety five a month and not, and that can get pulled out of their uh, their direct deposit or pulled out of their checking account and they never notice it's gone. Yep. And they just gonna have they they want to have it so they can go watch Stone Cold Steve Austin clips every like once every two months. Yeah. Or WrestleMania or what yeah. have you. But the yes, so it's gonna be interesting to see how they find that range. But you have to reach out to those people because those are the people those are the people who, who, are buying cars. Yep. You know those are the people who are. Uh, but you know, those are the people who are more interested in a car commercial than a Slim Jim. But think about it, commercial way. in my house, we consume a lot of Slim Jims. No hate. Consider this: if you are promoting WWE SmackDown pay per views, whatever it is, on football, there are a lot of Labs fans who are going to say, "Oh, maybe I should tune in to see what wrestling is like now." Yeah, exactly. It's just on Fox. Like it's easy. I just turn it on. I know what channel it's on because it's Fox. So huge. Yeah. I don't even. I can't like when I, I like I've I moved to LA two years later. I don't know what channel TNT is. You know, like I'm just constantly searching for the shit. You know what channel Fox is? Yep. And if you didn't before, you'll know now because you have been you know watching the the, the revival of Last Man Standing uh, nonstop when it returns this fall. Anyway, um, we got to get out of here. Yeah, we do. A couple of notes before we get out. CM Punk and Colt Cabana's trial versus the Dr. Chris Amon uh, is happening. Yep. Not a lot has happened so far, as far as I know, but uh, you can Google around and find reports of that pretty easily. There's a reporter uh, by the name of Gregory Pratt who just happened to be at the Cook County Courthouse, and so he sat in for a couple of minutes. And <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we the ringer didn't talk about sending anybody down there, but it's funny that there's nobody else covering that. It's wrestling, <laughs> you know. This is it. If, there, if, if our outlets can't, if our outlets aren't aren't sending people out because it's like too expensive for a minor reward or whatever, like then what? That's you know, that's where we are. It's, it'll be better once Fox takes over, um, hopefully. Uh, and oh yeah, Jim just sent me word that despite my uh, negative, my pseudo negative take on on um, Jake the Snake Roberts earlier. It's his birthday today. Oh, congratulations. Happy birthday, Jake the Snake Roberts, one of the greatest of all time. I literally almost bought a Jake the Snake Roberts action figure this weekend, but I couldn't decide which one. I, I was torn between him and uh, who, or Rowdy Roddy Piper, and then I just, uh, it was too hard, so I got neither, which was a bad decision. They also had these, like, talking action figures. Uh, they had, like, a Kofi, and a, have you, have you, I'm sure there's commercials for this, and everybody knows it, but it's, like, 
uh, there's a Dean Ambrose and there was a Kofi and you like push a button on their back and Kofi's like the power of positivity and Dean Ambrose is like like how I'm crazy, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but if then if you face them off if you like put them in front of each other and you push the buttons they acknowledge each other oh, that's amazing it's great tech it's like the simplest thing in the world but suddenly Dean Ambrose is like Kofi Kingston how you want to do this and you're like holy <laughs> crap this is so amazing that's awesome uh, congratulations to Dean Ambrose and Renee Young's favorite hockey team the oh, really? Vegas Golden Knights. This is a huge week for Dean Ambrose. Uh, he has an awesome toy that we now know about. Yeah. His hockey team won. And um, and we've fantasy booked him into the new day. Yeah. I don't know if there's any better way to do this. I, I don't even know if we need to apologize to him. No. It's, congratulations no. to Dean Ambrose. Congratulations and apologies to Dean Ambrose. Uh, we'll be back here next week, humanoids. See you later. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Mass Man Show. 